Uh, Rudy, it's summertime. Yeah, yes, it is. There was a shark attack. Where? Uh, they're happening all over the place right now. You know, the killer whales are attacking boats in Spain. Was that Spain? Are you for real? No, I am for real. You know, the best the best stat I've ever heard about shark attacks is so far this year, three people have died from shark attacks and one million sharks have died from man attacks. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. You know, that's why they need a bigger boat is because we kill so many of them. <laughs> All right, it's the Roller of the Barrel Vintage Baseball Podcast. We talk to Finnish baseball players from coast to coast, border to border. And uh, boy, summer is in full swing. It's great to see all over social media uh, clubs across the country getting into the baseball swing of things. Ha! Ha! I didn't even mean to say it like that. Damn it, I'm good at this. You're so good. (laughs) Uh, We got an extra special guest uh, tonight. They're all extra special. I shouldn't put those kind of parameters on a guest. No, no pressure. Uh... You know, I was thinking about that jossing and the shark things, Rudy, because I'm headed out to Rocky Point in August for the Rocky Point Vintage Baseball Festival, and I'm going to a Red Sox game against the mighty Detroit Tigers on August 13th. Hey, if you're listening and you're from the Boston Vintage Baseball scene, I'm going to watch my Tigers destroy your Boston Red Sox on Sunday, August 13th, uh, my first time ever to Fenway Park. Uh, hey Rudy, uh, yeah. let me let me bring you in, my co-host, the piece of resistance, the Shangri-La of the Lala's. It's Rudy Swamp Fox Frias. Hey Rudy, how you doing? And I am so <laughs> happy to be here. <laughs> did you hit the cricket spot? I did. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Derek, I deserve it. You're 100 percent right. <laughs> no, you were uh, you were working on your mom's car last week. What happened to your mom's car? Oh, long story short, there was like some security issue and the horn would not stop going off in my little neighborhood. So it was like blaring and you couldn't, there's no fuse or circuit to disconnect it. You couldn't disconnect the actual horn without taking off the front fender. And then you couldn't disconnect the battery without taking off the wheel. So it was about an hour of just a big old dumpster fire. Now, would have per, a professional have just like Fonzied it, just walked up and rubbed it, and then hit it with the elbow, and it would have stopped? Like, is that? Did you do the YouTube version of fixing that? Oh, uh, I went to YouTube. I prayed <laughs> to all of the gods. I punched the car. Nothing worked. Oh well. Well, you're a better man for it. It's a character builder. Thank you. Uh, hey, before we bring in our guest. Uh, we have the Akron cup coming up, which is July 8th and 9th. Uh, you're probably sick of us talking about it, but get, you know, deal with it. Cause we're a big part of it. We're going to be there doing play by play of all the matches on the main field. And we're putting on the gingerly gentleman and mightiest striker. Uh, the belt came in the mail already. I think I sent you a picture of this. It's heavy. Cause it's a real belt. 
It looks glory. The gingerly gentleman winner. That looks so good. That looks so good. And and for our uh, podcast audience, don't worry. Uh, you can go to the Facebook page to see this. Uh, yeah. And uh, Ace Williger is going to be there to defend his crown as the the fastest gent in all of the land. And, of course, the Mightiest Striker. So, yeah, we got about 10 teams. Not to mention, <laughs> I know we highlight on that stuff, but it's the Akron Cup. It's 10 clubs partaking in a 19th century baseball tournament of which there is a winner. I remember Canton being the paper champion of that a few years ago uh, when I was involved and uh, they shouldn't have won. Yeah. Yeah. Very paper champion. You're hundred percent right. Okay, Rudy, let's, uh, let's bring him in. He is the captain and the founder of the monitors baseball club of Chelsea, Michigan, uh, he gets to play with his father. He gets to play with his sons. He's an all-around good dude and has never done me wrong. Has always done me right. He's one of my favorite people in Finnish baseball. And the man knows how to wear a beard. It's Honest John Van Hoek. John, how are you doing? Doing great, buddy. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I've always, I've never remembered to ask you, but I've always wanted to know your last name. Is it Hoke? Or Hoek. 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 It's, it's just Hoek. That's what I've always yes, called you, so I feel right. 17 uh, friendly points for me. Rudy, say something to John. John, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. See what I did there? Uh, oh, this is, this is, this is a real treat because yeah. as somebody who gets to play baseball with their fathers, and, and, and I don't have any – children yet that i would throw out onto the field but i i feel like we have a we are simpatico and we've been playing each other for so long that it's, it's just a pleasure to get to really spend some time with you and learn more about you yeah well, thanks for having me on it's honestly the one of the, the best joys for me so far has been playing with my dad playing with my, my sons love it I mean, everything else is, is gravy exactly you just completed Father's Day weekend, and uh, I went on the yep. interwebs today, and you're in an article on M Live with the gentleman from Kalamazoo about fathers and sons playing together. How how did that come about? Yeah, uh, Chris, schoolboy from Kalamazoo, reached out saying uh, he had a reporter looking to write an article about vintage baseball and Father's Day, and would I be a part? And happy to do it it's like i said it's uh really been one of the best parts of my experience with the pastime um i can't really put into words what it's what it's been like to, to play with my dad play with my sons um play with my mom and my, my daughter for that matter um it, it's uh it's a family atmosphere the whole pastime um, I consider my, my whole team and, and to be real honest though, the entire community part of family. So I'm happy to talk up that, that aspect of it. Um, I didn't realize I was the only other person in on the article, but, uh, I was happy to do what I could to, to talk up what we're all doing. Well, you don't, you don't like the focus being on you, but too bad you're getting it for the next 55 minutes. So, uh, yeah, I know. I, learn, I've been, uh, I've been 
been putting you guys off for a few years. Um, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't generally like talking about myself. Um, and this is honestly, I think part of the, the beauty of what we're all doing is it's a, it's a group thing. It's a community, it's a community within your own club, within all the clubs you, you meet throughout the year and throughout the years. Uh, but I, I, I kind of come around. I'm happy to be a part of, uh, you know, another voice into what you guys are doing. You're doing a great thing, putting a spotlight on this thing that we all love. So I'm happy to throw my voice in there and, and be a part of that. Well, and John, in, in previous episodes, I have brought you up uh, and the monitors baseball club as, oh, kind of a blueprint on how to do an 1864 vintage baseball club. You guys are a club, not a team. Uh, and there is a difference in that. Uh, you guys are basically a big family. You, when you recruit and you can stop me anytime I say something wrong, but when you recruit, you're not looking for the best baseball players. You're looking for the best fit into your dynamic, uh, of a club. Yeah. Yep. And, and actually I, I would say the word recruit, I've hardly had to even venture into that. I mean, we, we've got just a tremendous core of guys involved since the get-go. Um, my numbers here in, in Chelsea have always been strong. I've got, I was just looking at it the other day, I, I think we've got 16 guys on the, the roster this year, and probably half of them have been with me since we started. Wow. Which uh, and, and this is our 13th year, so I think that's a real testament to this community and and to the group of guys we've been fortunate enough to, to put together. But but you're right. I mean, um, my interest in in uh, in recruiting, if you want to say it that way, is people who who love what we're doing and and come at it from different uh, backgrounds and different uh, mentalities. Um, and just kind of buy into, you know, this whole pastime full bore. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's everything I, I, I try to do every year to be as, to get as many people involved as possible. Let's put it that way. We, we, we play a lot of games. We try to play a lot of local games and get a lot of community members involved. We just played, uh, uh like you said, uh, this weekend. Father's Day weekend, we did a little uh, community scrimmage and had all sorts of people coming to play, a lot of kids, some of our ladies players, um, some people just kind of showed up, hopped in the game. Um, and that, for me, is really the beauty of what we're doing. And I try hard to keep that going. This last weekend, you did your annual charity uh, matches so that's what that scrimmage match is that you were uh, referring to yep. i believe and then you played kalamazoo you do this every year you do a different uh, from what i remember you do a different charity every year last year uh rudy i don't know if you remember this but last year at the a small little event in frankenmuth michigan that that i put on the frankenmuth michigan vintage baseball festival it was an al michigan of als uh fundraiser and we we raised uh, a bit of money for that. And the club that raised the most money for that was the Monitors Baseball Club of Chelsea, Michigan. Honest John and the boys 
played a charity match a week or two just before the festival and uh, presented uh, my lovely wife with a check at at the event of which she cried. Uh, it's easy to make my wife cry, but uh, so she loves you forever. But so I can say publicly, thank you for that. And this year uh, you went and raised funds for the peer to peer depression awareness campaign uh, at beach middle yep. school. And, uh, and you do something different every year. Is that right, John? That's right. Yeah. This is our eighth time doing the fundraiser match. Um, and, and really just, a a reflection of this community. Uh, uh, Chelsea has kind of embraced this pastime and, and we've, uh, we felt a big part of that, um, that connection and wanted to give back. Um, we started, uh, yeah, we started probably about 10 years ago. We did a little fundraiser for, um, the first one was for smile train, which is a cleft lip and cleft palate charity. It's a national charity. Uh, but it had, a as a personal connection, uh, my father and myself and my son, Henry, my younger son, all have cleft lip and palates. And it's a charity we supported. Um, and I invited out, um, my, the club I got started with, uh, Wahoo's Royal Oak. Um, and we put together a fundraiser match that first year and raised a whole bunch of money. And it was, it was fun and it, it meant a little bit more to be, playing for a bigger reason than, than just our old selves running on the field. Uh, so we've kept the tradition alive and we've done, uh, yeah, this will be our eighth. We call it a tallies for charity as uh, the name of our, our game, but um, they haven't all been charity. There's been uh, some local organizations that are just doing great work here in, in Chelsea. Um, we, I, I took a look at, our numbers over the years and we've done eight of them now and, and raised well over $6,000. So I'm really proud of that. Uh, the community has really come out to support it. Uh, this past year, yeah, it was uh, the peer to peer depression awareness, uh, which works here in the, the middle school and the high school. And, um, I mean, mental health is, it's hard to argue that that's not, one of the biggest issues out there. And and this is a group that's doing great work with our our school kids. And I'm the father of three teenagers in in these schools. Um, And so I'm I'm very grateful for everything um, groups like the peer to peer group are doing to help our kids out. That's amazing. Like barrel roller, think of it like, like some clubs schedule, you know, they only want to populate their schedule with like competitive tournaments and stuff like that. And then some clubs are, uh, I know there are some clubs that do uh, revenue matches where the, the money they get paid to come out to some place. But like, I feel like this isn't talked about enough and I'm, I'm just blown away. The fact that you're in your eighth year of putting together an event to raise money for a, a local charity that's that's once again you just set the bar so high that like i mean i'm i'm blown away by that I, the capitals did it we did a charity match like uh, a few years ago but i mean uh, we man 
you could put everyone to shame in the best way. Ah, uh, no, yeah, we're. I mean, we're happy to do it. It's it's. Uh, everybody's, you know, we're starting from a a place where we're just having so much fun, even doing it, playing the game, and to to get more people out to enjoy it. Uh, you know, take a take a first look at what this pastime is all about, and then to tack on, you know, some community support is just seems like a natural next step. Uh, and we, we actually, we, we had a great turnout on Saturday. Um, like I said, we played a, a little pickup scrimmage with community members and all sorts of kids playing before our, our match with Kalamazoo. And uh, I'm just looking at our numbers. We're probably over 900 bucks from, uh, from that one day. And we're just, Really thrilled to be able to support a great group here with that. There's a lot of generous people who, who love what we're doing and, and love the opportunity to give back. So I'm really grateful. And the fact that and you... it was a great day. Go ahead. It was beautiful. It was, it was just a beautiful day for baseball. So, I mean, that all was, was a real bonus. Uh, the fact that you guys have raised that much money in this v- very niche thing that we do, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're not exactly the most popular kids in school. So we're no, not a lot of people know we exist. Uh, the people that know we exist, love us. They, they play, uh, they help They're They're related. They come to the games, but, uh, the fact that you're able to raise that kind of money uh, in our circumstances is amazing. And, uh, like I said, we'll always be grateful for what you guys do and have done for us. And, uh, so the least I could do is say, if you're listening to this episode right now, I really think you should reach out to the peer to peer charity and donate. We don't charge anything for these episodes we don't charge for anything that we do that big belt behind me that we don't charge you guys for that that comes out of our pockets and uh once in a while we think something comes along that requires some attention and i think peer-to-peer uh definitely is one of those situations john i don't want to put you on the spot but do you happen to know a good contact information uh no i got it i found it Tell me if I'm right on this. Victors.us slash Chelsea monitors. Is that still active? Uh, it may be. Uh, it started at U of M at University of Michigan. So uh, let me think on that. Um, it's a great, yeah, it's a mental health awareness uh, campaign that has kind of taken roots in different schools, uh, local schools here in, in the Ann Arbor area, all with their own take on um, on how to address this issue and all really student-led, which is uh, a beautiful thing about the peer-to-peer group. Um, I will, I can get your contact info, but uh, that, thank you for that. that um, it's a, like I said, it's a great group that is doing some pretty vital work in our schools. Um, I can remember back to my high school and middle school days and would have loved uh, to have been a part of 
a group like this. So happy to support them. Yeah, if you go to the Monitor Baseball Club of Chelsea, Michigan Facebook page and you go to the uh, – well, that's – nope, that's – yeah, it's the U of M peer-to-peer depression. Okay, so that's two years ago. Uh, I went to the University of Michigan peer-to-peer depression awareness program. That's – you can Google it. It'll take you right to it and uh, and just donate something. Donate it in the name of the Chelsea Monitors, of course. Uh, they're the one that brought the awareness. They're the ones that get the uh, get the credit. We're just a vessel. Well, I would say, I would say, donate locally too. If you're listening right now, um, there are groups like this in your town doing great work with with your kids and your your neighbors' kids. Um, there, there's no shortage of need. Uh, wherever we're living for, for an issue like this. So um, maybe take that that call to action and, and, and find a group locally that could benefit from it, uh, from your support. Well, and let's take a second to talk about this. Rudy, I know you're going to have something to say on this, so let me let me hand the ball off to you. But in, in the world nowadays, I can't imagine being a teenager nowadays. I thought I had it rough. Uh, when I was a teenager, but the, the the fact that there's so much social media, there's just constant news. There's so much hate in the world. Let's face it from so many different angles about so many different things. It seems like people eat up the hate. And, uh, when you find something like this, it's, it's, uh, it's reflective on how not everybody does, but it's the hate that sticks to people. Uh, and you being married to someone that has to deal with this somewhat in their profession, uh, and such, and in other ways, Rudy, it's hard for teenagers nowadays. Am I right? 100%. It's a, it's a different world. As you said, when we were growing up, uh, when we were teenagers, it wasn't, uh, our world was smaller. And now teenagers have access to the entire world and the entire world has access to them. And it, uh, my wife is a therapist. I work, uh, in nonprofits solely in, uh, youth education and youth after school program, connecting them to resources and stuff like that. And it is, uh, you know, and it, it's tough. A lot it, people give teenagers a lot of crap. I mean, we were all teenagers at one point, but, as you mentioned, teenagers nowadays have almost twice as much to deal with. And um, it's, it's wonderful that organizations and charities like the one that you're this peer to peer group, John, that you've raised money for exist because they need, they, they get, I don't want to say they, they, people forget about them, but it's, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of brush off the, the emotions and and of uh teenagers as teenage angst and this is just a beautiful thing i'm i'm just blown away by all of this well i know my own mental health and i I won't shy away from it mental health has been a part of my life uh for a long long time and uh i know these those years were when it really started for me and 
Um, I got a lot of support from my family, from, from uh, friends and, and schoolmates, and owe a lot to a lot of people. And um, now, as the father of three teenagers, um, which it still seems pretty surreal, I, I, I still picture them as little babies, uh, but I've got one going off to college uh, in a year. Um, you know, I don't envy the world they're living in. Um, it's uh, so many fronts. It's a, it's a much more challenging world that we had, uh, than what we had to face. Um, with, with my daughter, who's now going to be a senior at Chelsea High School, um, we had to first broach the question of uh, the cell phone and <laughs> when to get it and, and what it means and how to how to be responsible with it as parents and um, yep. years later now it's a it's a daily battle I mean I there are some days I wish I could throw the cell phones in the bonfire <laughs> well because it's it's our job as parents to protect our children and yeah. it's it's like um, we are, we're fighting against something we can't see in the cell phone. I mean, we can physically see the cell phone, but what's going on through social media, through text messages, we can't see, we can't be there. And, oh man, it's, uh, you know, it's so nice that like, you're so like involved and not, to, not to never suggest that you weren't, but like young people benefit from support whether they want to like show it outwardly or not, Absolutely. they benefit from support. And you know what? This cracks me up a little bit because I feel like I'm pretty good at running a vintage baseball club because I've worked with children all of my life. And, and I feel like I get this vibe from you, John, that like you're so in tune to what your kids and, and caring for your kids and, and supporting them that it translate into the ball club itself. And that's why like you attract such quality people. And that's like a, a keystone of your club. You're like, I don't care if you can play baseball really well. I want you to be a quality person. And, and I think the community really should get behind that and, and take note of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't done everything right, but I try to be a, a good leader and, and try to be a good steward of, of the pastimes and what it stands for. Um, and I honestly, I think we all, but I would say kids, our kids need to see something like this. Um, I've got, so my, my middle child, my, my son, Ben, who's 15, um, is really into sports and really into sports and it's great. And, um, and I want him to be, but you know, he needs to see what we're doing too. Sports can be more than what you see uh, in the professional level and college level and high school and, and anywhere. I, I just, I just got a text from my sister this morning uh, with a video from a travel baseball tournament this weekend in Detroit where there was a brawl at a 15, 16 U game uh, where, you know, the team was choking the tournament director or something, it was oh something just horrific. Um, you know, we, we've got this, uh, to me, it feels like a 
uh, a difficult tide to fight against of mm -hmm. sports seen a certain way. I, I'm a, I've always been a, a big time sports guy. I'm, I'm super competitive, but it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, sports can be busting your ass, hustling like crazy all over the field, all over the court. Um, but when you lose that respect for your opponent, everything goes south from there. And, um, and I, honestly, that's this pastime has recaptured so much for me personally that I feel it's, it's really an obligation to do whatever I can to give that back and, and show that, that tone and that spirit of, of what we're trying to do. Um, because the world needs it. There, there's a lot of, there's too much competition. There's too much antagonism. You, um, you have opened my eyes. Like it never dawned on me that that played such a crucial role in my development, not as just a, a person, but, but as like an athlete that I was exposed to vintage baseball at such an early age. Oh, and that we, my father and my mother made sure that we were a part of this community and what this community fosters, you know, the inclusivity, the, the sportsmanship and everything. And that really, because I feel like had I not done that, I would have just gone straight into like softball. Right. And then that's a whole different environment. My question for you, when did you like, what were your children like, Hey, I I want to play. Or did you like think, Hey, I think I want you to play. Was it them wanting or you suggesting that they play vintage baseball? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it, it's been a family thing for me since I got started. Um, my wife and I moved to Royal Oak years ago and we had babies and, um, and actually I discovered the, the pastime we discovered the pastime um, at the Memorial Day parade in Royal Oak. The Wahoos were marching, and uh, and my wife actually ran out into the parade uh, <laughs> to ask the Wahoos how I could get involved, and and uh, kind of stopped the parade to um, to get me a hobby. So. Um, so they, they actually said, yeah, that's great. What, what's he doing on Saturday? And, <laughs> and I've been playing ever since. And we went, I, I went out, I drove out to Port Huron, the, uh, you know, four days later to play at, um, at Fantastic Field. Matthew, I don't know if you've ever played out there in Port Huron years ago, kind of crammed into a neighborhood, just a, a gem of a ball field. That's the, um, that's the Welkins, right? The Welkins, yeah. Um, and I had such a good time. Met so many great people, and just it opened my eyes up to what what sports could be, what what baseball could be. I I, I stopped playing baseball when I was uh, probably in middle school, and I can remember the day I told my dad I wasn't going to play anymore, and I know knew it broke his heart because he's a baseball guy and. Uh, it's been a, it's always been a real thrill to get back into it and from a different, uh, different starting point. 
so I started playing with the, the Wahoos and Royal Oaks and got my dad involved. He lived out here near Ann Arbor and drove in to play with us in Royal Oak. And then when we moved out to Chelsea, I, I knew uh, it was something I wanted to keep going. So, uh, so starting, starting the club here made a lot of sense. And then as far as getting the rest of the family involved, um, it's just a no brainer. I mean, like I said, the, the, the team that the guys that, that started with us have always felt like family. And so to, to get actual family members involved is, is really just been a, a privilege. Um, I was looking back to all the fathers and sons we've had involved and we're well over 20, probably 25 different fathers and sons, fathers and daughters, mothers and daughters that have played. Um, it's been a real joy to see that happen. Um, but again, I, I, I consider all my, my teammates, family members. Um, and, and that's the, that's, that's the tone that, that I try hard to as best I can set here and, and carry forward. And it kind of takes a consistent effort. You know, I mean, we all, most everybody involved is, is into sports in general. And so you're, you're kind of, when the game starts, you, you want to play hard, you want to win, you don't want to lose. And I don't want to, I, I don't want to ever lose. I mean, that's the beauty of sports. You're, you're, you're busting it to, to play well. Nobody wants to lose. Um, but there's just something different about vintage baseball. I mean, you can, you can see, mm-hmm. uh, you can, you can truly celebrate both sides. And, um, and that's, I think it's unique. I, I haven't seen anything like it. Um, and I love to be able to show as many people that element of, of sports as I can. That's a, that's a point I wanted to bring up is through all of your charity work, through all of your family atmosphere, vintage baseball, uh, 64 rules, 19th century reincarnated baseball and everything fluffy and good that comes with that. This, the something, the secret of the honest John sauce is yeah. When he steps on the field, he wants to win. Uh, he has that balance of being able to harness that in, but he really wants to, I mean, we all want to, it's, we don't have a choice. <laughs> it's part of us. It's the competitiveness. You're playing a game, a competitive sport for a reason. And uh, there's yeah. a winner and a loser, and everybody wants to win. The beauty about you, John, is you just don't hold it with you. <laughs> it's it's gone. You know, you win, you lose, whatever. It's on to the next thing. But in the moment, I know that you want to win. Yeah, I mean, I've always I've never been the greatest player and in, in anything I've done, but I always try hard and I always have believed in effort and hustle being a, a difference maker. Uh, so I, I try my best to play that way. And, and we've got just like any other club out there. We, I mean, I've got guys who have a, a pretty wide array of 
talent, ability, injury, experience. I've got guys who haven't played in 30 years or who are lifetime baseballers. And all I want is that we play hard and respect our opponents and have fun doing it. Um, and it's honestly, it's, it's kind of a year by year recommitment to that, to that goal. Um, to be perfectly honest, it's a, it's a game by game commitment to that. Every game is its own unique uh, event. And I'm like any other guy when the first pitch is thrown. I mean, I'm going to do everything I can to help my team win. The, the difference is I don't mind getting beat by a, a team that outplays me. And and I don't mind. In fact, I, I relish the opportunity to celebrate good plays and good effort and good, good hustle. Um, you know, we've, we're a 500 team over 13 years and we've lost a lot of games to teams who just beat us and, <laughs> and, and played well. And, and we've, we've, we've had games where we've summoned the effort and come together as a team and, and managed to eke it out. And I, I mean, honestly, as a recovering sports junkie, you don't you don't always see that. I'm getting involved with with high school sports with my kids. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see that at their events necessarily. It's not a given that that uh, you know the teams respect each other. Um, I've always hated the us versus them. We can do no wrong. They can do no right mentality. Um, and then it's just, you know, from there on up into college and, and pros. Um, I don't know. It's, it's something about sports that I've never really cared for. And, and I feel like it's uh, found a much better fit here with, with a pastime like this. So a lot of gratitude for, for it. I, I feel really lucky to have stumbled across this thing we're all doing. And, um, and I know I'm, I'm sure to a man or to a woman involved in the past time, we share that sentiment. I mean, it's, you think back to your first game, uh, Rudy, that's, you know, you got involved a long, you know, a long time ago with your family. Um, so old. I think, I think back to, you know, there's something that, something about it that opened your eyes um, about what it can be. And uh, I had a guy this year who's just gotten involved with us say, you know, basically you don't know how much I I needed this. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And and I think we all share that to some degree or to, you know, to a high degree. We all need it. We're all dealing with, our lives and a lot of stress in a world that isn't really set up to be all that friendly or helpful, supportive. Mm-hmm. And this is one small way we can, uh, we can recenter and, and, and get back to, uh, a sense of community. This is like the episode that every vintage baseball player needs to listen to before taking the field. Let's just call it what it is. Just a, that the recenter recalibrate that made like I just had we had a match this past Saturday 
And all of our guys were like, man, I've missed it. Like they just miss not the like playing baseball. They've missed being around these people and like getting to share stuff. I, I did have one question because you said, think back to your first game, Rudy. And I was like, oh yeah, the memory's fresh in my mind. I played catcher, but I wanted to ask you this. As a father, when your, when your children took the field, where did you put them in the field? And did you have to do like a cost benefit? Like you're like, like I, I did this this weekend. My cousins joined the team. They're 14 years old. And I was like, ooh, the ball's not very hard. No one's going to hit. I, I feel safe at one being at second. And then I put one at third later in the innings because I was like, this ball's not oh, good. The grass was high. So I'm just, that's what my thought was. What did you do with your own children? Well, that's a great question. Uh, so, and uh, let me think about that. So, my son Ben, who's my 15 year old, is uh, like I said, he's really into sport. They they all are athletic and yeah. love sports from their own perspectives. Um, but Ben, I think in, in particular, is um, you know wanting to be a part of it, but also not bust his fingers, right? You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> he's pretty aware of the, the damage the ball can do to you. Um, and I, that's the last thing I want to see happen. So, yeah, I mean, we, I've, with my kids, with other kids, um, you know, if, if I love seeing it and I love encouraging it, they have to be paying attention. Um, <laughs> We had a lot of outfielders this past Saturday. We had a lot of outfielders that needed a little redirection. Um, <laughs> second base is a good spot. Okay. Um, and we, I, you know, throughout the years, um, I try to do a fair number of games like this where we get people who um, haven't played before or family members, kids involved. And, you know, I'd rather have kids out there with a glove just having fun. Um, I relaxed a lot of, a lot of rules or something like that. Um, yeah, but I will say that one of the, one of my best memories is playing out in Iowa at the field of dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went out back in, I think 2017 and I had my dad was playing and my son Ben playing and, um, I mean, I, I I can't do justice to what it what, what it felt like emotionally to to do that, and there mm-hmm. were other other family members involved. Um, but I was thinking about that danger aspect, playing on a dirt field, and um, when we were playing after dusk, and the ball gets on you pretty damn quick at third and short. Um, we shifted guys around a little bit, but. <laughs> You know, we've been, knock on wood, we've been really fortunate with, with injuries and, um, you know, we, we we try to get as many people involved with as little damage as possible. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, you, you have mentioned, uh, I think you even said something in the article that you got involved in baseball because how involved in baseball your father was. Take us back all the way back to when you're just a, a young man and, and even younger. Let's go back to when you're first remembering baseball. How did how did that come across to you? Yep. So 
I grew up in uh, Gross Point, Michigan. Uh, playing uh, community, everything, community baseball, basketball, um, Little League. Um, my dad, my parents are both uh, retired attorneys for the state of Michigan, criminal defenders. And he played, um, as long as I can remember, since I was a baby, he played softball at Softball City on 8 Mile in Detroit, the old fairgrounds. And I can, I have just such vivid memories of growing up around the sport of baseball, softball, um, being a, a kid underneath the bleachers eating dirt, holding a line for my dad to buy a beer between innings, uh, you know, all that <laughs> baseball and, and softball has been part of my upbringing. And, and I just wanted to make my dad happy and, and proud. I, I was not, I mean, I have some skill. I'm relatively fast. I got decent hands. I can't hit worth anything. You, you boys know that. Um, this is not true. true. That's this, not true at you all. You know, you said something earlier about your your skill level, John. You're a good ball player. Stop the BS. Yeah. No, <laughs> we'll let you say it once. We're not going to let you say it twice. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm I'm coming fresh off. I just threw some BP to my son about two hours ago, and I'm trying to give him some hitting advice and. Probably the best advice is for me to shut the hell up. Nah, you stop it. You know, you, you mentioned something about fingers and protecting fingers. There was a match at the World Tournament where I was pitching, and you hit a line drive. And it wasn't at me. It wasn't up the – but I had no reason to put my hand out to try and stop it, but I did. And this pinky has never really closed to the rest of the fingers since. You yeah, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you yeah. can see that, but yeah. <laughs> well, that, I'm right there with you. That one bent because yeah. you got married. <laughs> the, wedding, the wedding ring is having adverse effects on the on the on the finger. It's it's but like a spell. I just remember. I, I remember hearing the ball come at me, and I was like, "Well, let's see what happens." And I paid for it. And and you were super kind and and checked in on me and made sure I was okay. But it, you please don't give me that. After he made his base, though, right, Rudy? He checked in after he made his base, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He made sure he got... That's right. You son of a gun. Back up the middle. Damn you, Chad. Well, so I've always... uh, I apologize for that. Oh, you stop it. Uh, I I, I played as a kid, uh, you know, as as well as I, I could. And, uh, like I said, I got to that level where I had to make a decision of, you know, is this the right sport for me? And, um, and I remember how difficult it was as a kid when, you know, somebody really wants you to be doing something and wants you to succeed. Um, I, I knew, like I said earlier, I, I knew it, was going to break my heart to tell my dad that I, I just didn't want to play ball anymore. And, um, but I did, I mean, you know, to be honest with, um, with myself and what I wanted to do and, um, and really kind of went away from the sport of baseball. Um, so, uh, 
you know, tried to stay athletic. I ran track and cross country in high school and, and did okay with that. But um, there's something about being able to rediscover the sport that you, you started with, rediscover it with the people you, the people you started with. Um, that's been really magical. Um, and then to try to bring in the next generation. And, and like I said, I mean, this is not just me and my family. Um, we've had so many father, sons, uh, father, daughters, uh, mother, daughters involved. Um, I feel, I, I don't like to feel a lot of pride. I'm just, like I said, trying to be a good steward of what we're doing, but, but that I do feel proud of. We've had a lot of great family memories, um, a lot of great community members, a lot of uh, memories, a lot of just connections made with something that, um, as probably only Americans can understand something that like baseball just makes sense, right? Makes sense to be out there playing ball on a field, being carefree and, and loving it. And, um, it can't get more pure than, than this form of it. And I think, I think it's really necessary. Um, I think bringing that spirit of competitive competitiveness, but camaraderie and sportsmanship, um, is, is what we, we all need. Hey John, your dad, Peter, uh, Stonewall, uh, yep. he got involved in vintage baseball because you got involved in vintage baseball. What did he, yep. what were his first thoughts of vintage baseball when he came across it? Well, I think he just, uh, I think he just wanted to be doing something with me. Um, you know, I, I told him, I called him up and told him how much fun I was having and would you like to play? And, um, yeah, of course. Um, I, I think about, it's funny you say that because uh, he's a big time golfer too. He grew up in Gross Point and I'm about the worst golfer you can imagine. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll go play golf maybe once, twice a year only because I want to spend time with my dad. Right. I, I don't enjoy anything about it. And, um, it's a terrible sport. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just, I, I'm not good at it <laughs> and I don't, I don't really want to get better at it, um, for a lot of different reasons, <laughs> but, uh, but I think that's what, you know, I mean, he, I think he likes, has always loved the sport, but mostly it's, it was something to do together. Um, and he's, he's a, he's, he think I'm competitive. He's a competitive dude. Um, I kind of laughed time to time over, uh, 13 years of running this club here in Chelsea. One of the toughest guys to manage has been him. <laughs> okay. Yes. Thank you. Let's get into this. This is yeah. what I've been, you, you, you're reading my notes, my yeah. note, right? You, you are caught in the middle Here because having, uh. having been a teenager playing on a club with my dad, it I I'm not gonna say that I 
struggled to take direction when my father gave it to me on the field, but you're stuck in the middle of having your, your son and your father who both probably don't want to listen to what you have to say. How are you managing this? Yeah, great question. Not well. Not well. <laughs> well, he's uh, my dad's always been, and I hope you're listening, Dad. And don't hate me, but uh, one thing I one thing I love about you is is you're a competitor, and I mean that's a great lesson for for everybody. You can, you can be you can be a competitor, but the right way. And he's uh, you know this is a an accomplished attorney who's argued in front of the Supreme Court, you know, the dude, he's the ultimate competitor. Um, I'm remembering, I'm remembering an incident at the world tournament at Greenfield village where I had to ask him to sit down and this was years ago. And I don't remember what the incident was. It was a rules thing as it always is. And it was maybe probably a bad, bad call, but um, but I believe I believe in what we're doing, and I and I don't believe in I believe bad calls will even out in, over the course of a game, and um, I haven't always done the best job. I mean, I still think of incidents where I could have kept my cool a little bit better. Uh, give us one. And, and I, no, give us one. I want one of those. I want one of those yeah. where you went off a little bit and then regretted it later. Tell us about a play. Uh, you don't have to mention clubs and people. Just, just give us the the facts. Well, um, I don't care for the hidden ball trick. Uh, yes, for for uh, for lots lots of reasons that might be apparent. Um, maybe not. Um, and, um, that's the only, I mean, I'm, there, there've been a few times over the years where I've had to try and keep my cool better, but, but that's one that, that jumps out at me. Um, there's something about the hidden ball trick that ties into everything I hate about sports. The deception, <laughs> I mean, we, we've got guys like every club that can barely make it to a base and, and need some time, need a few pitches to recover. And actually, actually, we had, there was an incident with my dad, um, I believe at Greenfield Village, um, and I don't mean to. No, just do it. Just yeah, do it. No, it uh, Release it. I don't know who it was. I, um, no, I, the, the locale, you couldn't dream of a better place to play and, and what a fantastic spotlight for what we're doing. Um, but it happened there. It was a hidden ball trick and, and, and it was my dad on third base. Oh, and just, um, you know, made it to third base, took a step off, could barely breathe and got, got picked off with a hidden ball trick. And, uh, you know, something like that to me just kind of undermines everything we're doing. I mean, if I'm 18 years old and I do that, that's a different story. But you know, when a 65, 70 year old does it, 
give the dude a break, right? Um, it's petty. You're a hundred percent right. I don't know. I, I I think there's a lot of value into uh, you know now having a son who's getting in, into more competitive baseball. There's a lot of value to paying attention, and you got to learn that lesson. You got to watch. You got to know where the ball is. But there's something about the hidden ball trick that has always bothered me. Um, and uh, and I haven't always done the best job. I think I've I've actually gone to the extent of refusing to accept a hidden ball trick. <laughs> uh, gone out onto the field and said, "No, we don't play that way." I'm not calling him out. So I don't know. Probably taking it too far, but um, yeah, I have a hidden, I don't know. I, I have a hidden ball trick story. My Go first my first year of playing, I was playing the regular baseball club of Mount Clemens. They hidden ball tricked me off a of second base, right? That was my introduction. Uh, I didn't think anything weird of it. Nobody said anything. It was not a big deal. Okay, whatever. I was on I felt like an idiot. Uh years later, I I form because the 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 vintage baseball festival, I formed the temporary team, the Bavarian Baseball Club of Frankenmuth. We had the regulars in Frankenmuth for a match. And I pulled the hidden ball trick on them at first base and got them out. I felt retribution. I felt I was on cloud nine and they're like, what are you doing? What is that? What are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they made me feel so stupid and less of a man for doing the hidden ball trick. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, you guys taught me that. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, we would never do that. And they meant it. And I'm like, it must've been like a rogue baseball player in that first experience, but they, they're not down or whatever. I've never, I've never allowed, I've never talked about it and done it and will never ever do the hidden ball trick again in my future for the, the, the manliness that escaped my body that day. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. I have a similar reaction to John's in the fact that, like, I remember, I'll, I'll say the team, the Pittsburgh Franklins <laughs> did a hidden ball trick on my father. And I, I was up to bat. I spare fouled that ball so hard. Into a family. It, it hit the ground so hard that it shot 10 feet into the air over the crowd and into the road. And I just didn't stop running because I was just so angry. They got my dad out on a hidden ball trick. I did the same thing to, uh, uh, you were there barrel roller when, uh, Joe Jimson, uh, coach got picked off in our match against Sagrin falls. And I was up to bat and I told the guy at third base, I said, Hey, I'm going to fair foul. So you're just going to score and I'm going to hit the ball over there. I can't stand the hidden ball trick. I mean, it it I I've been in teams on the East Coast where it's some it's just natural it's what they do it's just the way they play but he in the Midwest it's not something that's prevalent so when I see it I do get that visceral reaction where I too have to fight myself from like yelling taking that stance of like no he's not out stay at the stay in the base so I, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> And it's in my story. It's hard to get mad at the regulars when you're going to get peach sangria after the game. So you just yeah, gotta, just gotta uh, accept, well accept your destiny. Uh, John, yeah. th thank you so much for spending this hour. You committed an hour to us. You gave it to us. Uh, 
there's so much more I, I would love to talk to you about yeah. because geez, I don't, I still don't know anything about you. I still well, only know vintage you, baseball, John. <laughs> Bill Roller, do you realize that there's this is another individual whose wife was supportive of vintage baseball? She stopped a parade. You're bitter to get <laughs> to get vintage baseball information. We need to talk about that more later. <laughs> well, uh, Ohio Cup. You can talk to him about it at the Ohio Cup because the monitors will be there. And it's parade. Yep, we'll do that this year. Absolutely. Yep. Par- parade talk at the Ohio Cup. Uh, before we let you go, John, there's a little thing that we like to do at the end of these episodes where it's giving you the old pepper. I'm just going to ask you about 10 uh, easy questions and just easy answers, and it's fun, and don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Here we go. We have background right. music, too. We're a professional establishment around here. Name the best place to eat in Chelsea, Michigan. Uh, barbecue 52. Oh my God. Just that name. I mean, barbecue 52 is like pretty straightforward. Like just come in and eat. Uh, what was your first car? Uh, a Ford Taurus stick shift. My dad bought it for us. My sister and I said, you got to learn how to drive it and cheers. What did you want to be when you grew up? My dad. That's a good answer. Boy, you are gaining. Still working on. You are gaining sun points tonight. Uh, You're a Tigers fan. Do you have a memory of from being at a game? Yeah, so uh, Old Tiger Stadium was my birthday every year growing up. I grew up just outside of Detroit. Pretty much every single birthday was at Tiger Stadium. Kent Herbeck hit a home run every damn year we went there. Kent Herbeck. Damn it. For some reason. (laughs) And I, I will add, to be able to play on the grounds at, at Tiger Stadium, Navin Field, we had uh, the real privilege and joy of putting together a few games there uh, years back. Um, it was beyond special. I grew up at that stadium. Absolutely. Uh, the infield was so hard when I went and played there. Uh, <laughs> what was your worst subject in school? Worst subject? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I always did okay in school. Um, public speaking. <laughs> I don't know. You're doing pretty good at that. What? Where did you take Elizabeth for your first date? Boy, I, boy, I hope I remembered your wife's name correctly. Elizabeth, right? That's right. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, we met at a bar. Uh, <laughs> I, I beat her at pool ruthlessly. I gather. Did she let you win? Did she feel like she had to let you win, John? Oh, boy, I should not comment here. Okay. (laughs) It's a trap. It's a trap. You're breaking up. (laughs) Uh, If you answer that, you'll be breaking up. What is your hot dog? Build it. Build your perfect hot dog for you. 
Well, just uh, uh, no no mustard, no ketchup with the beard. Nothing on it, just a hot dog. What? No. Yep. Bun? Sorry. Do you have at least the bun? Oh, yeah. Bun. <laughs> sure. Don't act like that's some kind of <laughs> not a condiment <laughs> on that hot dog. I'm going to go on a limb and say you don't eat a lot of hot dogs. Not anymore. No. <laughs> I had one today, though. I had a hot dog today at work. Did everybody judge you no when condiment. you put nothing on it? You're a freak. I ate it secretly. <laughs> Nobody judged me. What is one of your favorite movies of all time? Oh, boy. Uh, Dances with Wolves. Oh. Field of Dreams. How many do you think you get to name here, John? Uh, What was the first concert Uh, you ever went to? The river runs through it. Oh, geez. What was the first concert you ever went to? Oh, boy. Um... I don't know. Um, I went to concerts as a kid, but one uh, Jane's Addiction was a fun one when I oh. was younger. Oh, Soundgarden, nice. Uh, Black Old Sun. Uh, last question, Tigers fan. Name. This is going to be hard because you're not going to want to answer this, but name an overrated Detroit Tiger in history of Detroit Tigers. Gosh. In your opinion. <laughs> well, my sister and I grew up watching and rewatching Game 5, 1984. Uh-huh. I currently have possession of the VHS recording of Game 5, 1984, and watch it periodically. Um, so... I got to go with that whole team. Marty Castillo, Barbara Garvey, all them guys. Um, that whole team. I used to be able to recite every play in that in that whole game. That's how much I watched it. But, well, that uh, sounds like a team. That sounds like a team of players that you like. I want to know yeah. a Detroit Tigers player that you think in the history of the Detroit Tigers, is overrated. 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 Okay. Overrated. Uh, Juan Gonzalez? Oh, I'll accept it. Maybe. Uh, he was, wow. He was... I don't know. He was really good before he came to Detroit. Yeah, he was a seller. Yeah. So... Yeah. He was good, but not as good as he should have been. All he did was bitch. That's all that guy <laughs> did when he got to Detroit was bitch. <laughs> Nothing was good enough. Anyway, boy, I think we hit a nerve with me. I didn't know existed. Juan Gonzalez. <laughs> uh, he's the reason uh, they brought in the fences because he complained about the fences all the time. John, uh, Rudy, stay on the line uh, as we do every week. I don't know why I say it. Uh, John, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, finally. Uh, we appreciate you coming on and talking about yourself, even though you didn't want to. We didn't even get in. 
Hey, we didn't even get into who you are, man. I don't even know who you are. Damn it. I see an episode two in your future, John. Oh boy. <laughs> give me give me five more years. Five more years. <laughs> uh we'll mark it down. Well, Season just, nine. <laughs> It'll be honest, John. Uh no, we'll get I you. Just wanna, we'll get you live somewhere. I want to shout out I want to shout out to all the all the guys who have been a part of this with me here in Chelsea and all and all the ladies. Uh we had a ladies team for a few years. Um, I just, just a shout out to everybody who's been involved. I, I, uh, I don't take credit for any of it. I'm happy to be, be helping with it, but, um, I just feel really blessed to be, to have found this community and, uh, and this past time. So everybody, uh, who's been a part of the Chelsea vintage baseball experience. Uh, I love y'all. Make sure you go and find. You guys go ahead. Go That's ahead. It. Were you going to say something nice about us? No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was. You guys are. Uh, <laughs> this is. Uh, this is important. You guys are 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 shining a, a needed spotlight on something that that deserves and needs to have a spotlight on it. It's. Uh, it's a, a thing done for the right reasons. And uh, like I said, I was not too keen about coming on a few years back and talking about myself or anything, but um, I'm happy to be a part of a large group of voices talking about this thing we all love. So um, so thank you both for, for uh, putting that together and, and bringing us all together. And... Uh, absolutely. And thanks for bringing the Chelsea monitors into, uh, everybody's vintage baseball lives here in the Midwest. Everybody, I want you to listen to this. You need to contact in the off season, the Chelsea monitors, and you need to schedule them because you know what they're going to do. They're going to show up with enough players <laughs> and, they're, and they're going to, and, and they're going to, be the finest gentleman to play against, and they're going to try to beat you, and you are going to get the best vintage baseball experience. If you play them, you already know all this. But what if you haven't? Contact the Chelsea Monitors. Get them on your schedule in the future, and you'll do your program uh, a great service by doing that. Help grow your program. Schedule the Monitors. Oh, that should be your tagline. I just invented your tagline. (laughs) I like it. Well, thank you. All right, Rudy, say your goodbyes. John, it's a pleasure. I can't wait to interview you five years from now. Um, (laughs) But I will, I am going to lock you in for a quick chat, just a quick chat at the Ohio Cup so we can, uh, we can get a little, a little more of a tease, a little taste. So the audience will be, you know, have something to, satisfy them between now and five years from now but i i always enjoy playing you and and it's been a pleasure uh just getting this chance to talk with you thanks so much for joining us yeah thank you very much i appreciate it i had a good time have a good night john you didn't do the station the station thing ready oh well yeah well i'm sorry for honest john (laughs) And mind. the barrel roller. I'm the swamp fox, and we want you to keep it stationed to station, station and we'll see you out in the field.
Thanks. Bye, bud. All right. See you guys. <laughs> uh, and there it was. Uh, Rudy, you'd be happy to know that the, the week that you took off, the downloads are up. Yeah. I don't know what that says about you. <laughs> <laughs> it actually says nothing because when people download the episode, they had no idea you weren't there. So <laughs> it's last week's episode with uh, Bob Bear and the Temecula Deer Brothers Baseball Club from California. It's going to be a top tenner within the month. Uh, if it keeps going the way it is right now, we just had, uh, on the episode last week, uh, Rudy, I'm sure you listened to the episode. Uh, I ran through the new top 10. Uh, it hasn't changed since last week, but we did have that, uh, the new entrant from season four into the top 10, actually up to number six, something like that. Yep. Anyway, uh, it's so good to see that. You're alive. Uh, I've been worried about you. We haven't talked. <laughs> I've given you your space. Uh, as summertime, it's summertime, summertime. What can I say? Boy, we got so much time for each other in the winter, though, don't we? Oh, my gosh. Like, all the time. All the time in the summer. And, and, and I'm just so glad that I'm here uh, here today. And I'm able to get back to the routine that my heart and my head are used to. It makes me feel good. Uh, yeah, very quality episode tonight with a gentleman. Since he says he's put it off, he's not lying. Uh, when I first wanted to do the podcast, he was one of the names that came to mind. And uh, yeah. he fought me off and no longer... <laughs> No longer. Uh, so the important thing for me to tell you, Rudy, is I have to remind you. That was episode 198. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I've, I'm aware. <laughs> next week will be episode 199. And then uh, we're going to come back. Is it the week after that? We come back from the Ohio or the... Uh, Akron Cup. Yeah. It's the Monday after the Akron Cup, right? Yeah. Episode 200. So it goes, yeah, let's see, because that's, uh, yeah, because the third and then the tenth. Yeah, that's right. Are you excited? I don't know. <laughs> You've put it together. I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, I have. I put it together. Get excited. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kerry Carpenter of the Tigers just hit a three-run ding-dong for the Tigers to take the lead. Hello over the Royals. Uh, <laughs> I get my Tiger updates during the episode. I'm like, oh no, they're always they've been ba they were bad, bad, bad. Two-run homer, three-run homer. Hello, uh, back in it. Uh, so yeah, so we got that to look at for episode 200. Rudy, when I came to you and said, I want to do this podcast, will you help me out? And you're like, yeah, because you know, that kind of thing excites you because you're a podcast guy and you, you've been involved. And I'm in a barrel roller guy. And you've been involved yeah. in many podcasts and, uh, this kind of platform and, and the whole thing is your kind of thing. And so you were excited. <laughs> 
uh, to help, yeah. which was great because without your help, I would never would have been able to get it off the ground. And then, and then COVID happened right away and really sent us in a tailspin. And the the podcast actually went a completely different way than it was meant to be. And here mm-hmm. we are, still doing it the way COVID took us to. So, no regrets, no regrets, no regrets, baby, no regrets. But uh, did you think we'd ever get to two hundred? No, I'm be completely honest. No, I mean, it. It. I never thought the audience would respond the way that it did. Right? I mean. That, I mean, just speaking particularly from mine, when the little podcast that I started, I was like, oh, this will be like a, just a summer. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, maybe I can stretch it. But then it got more difficult. I mean, I, the way that the community has responded is just uh, still amazes me to this day. So, And this... And, and you know what's crazy? Yeah, go ahead. What's crazy is, is that we're... We're not even like there's still more people out there. Like there's still more clubs out there. There's still more stories to be told. There's that's, thousands that's of finished baseball players that don't even know this exists. Hey, I got an idea. Why doesn't everybody mm-hmm. share it? Let's do that. Let's share this with oh. your club. Let's share. You know, go yeah. to go to Podbean, subscribe to us, and then share that. Share it. Don't don't be shy. <laughs> Don't be shy. Share it. You know, the funny thing to me about the 200 episodes is I don't remember how long ago it was, but this podcast was on life support. I was shutting it down. I was shutting it down. Oh, oh, I remember those text messages. And people were contacting me and saying, oh, my God, you're shutting it down. Uh, leave it up because I have to download the episode so-and-so was on or so-and-so was on. And No, you got to leave it up so we can get this stuff before you shut it down and everything. And then that turned in. So it was a week full of that. And I'm like, all right, I'll leave it up for a couple of weeks. That ain't no skin off my back. And then that turned into uh, you never interviewed so-and-so or you never interviewed so-and-so or why are you leaving? This is what we listen to on the way to vintage baseball games. What are you doing? And then it... I was getting a lot of messages and I'm like, I didn't realize I didn't, I don't because, because the weird thing about this, we don't get feedback. Nobody says anything good or bad. <laughs> they don't say nothing. And so the only thing we have to go, well, you know, then Landon's Landon came into our lives and tells us everything we do wrong. But uh, for the <laughs> most part, it's pretty quiet out there. And uh, so we just go off of downloads and brother, the downloads are good. And as long as the downloads are good, the podcast will continue. So we have, there you go. I know uh, since Rudy came on, uh, I told him that we would take it on a year by year basis. Uh, but Rudy, I got to feel good that we're doing it next year. I mean, uh, oh. oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're in next year, right? I'm having too much fun. Yes, we absolutely. haven't even started with the fun we're gonna have. Isn't it crazy? I know. I know. Oh my god! Like if you this year we're dipping our toe into the fun fun. So oh, I'm the excited. Fun, the fun fun. If uh, you can go to our YouTube page and subscribe to us there, and you can see a couple of the videos from the Flat Rock Invitational to get a glimpse of the future. We got two more of those coming out, and then. The Akron Cup is going to supply us with a ton of content, and we are there 
for two full days. Oh man, we are going to be so exhausted when we record on Monday night, but we're doing it. We're doing it. It's 200 episodes. Rudy, I love you. Uh, I hope everything's well on the home front. And uh, it sure was nice to see you and talk to you. I can, I can sleep peacefully tonight now. Oh, thank you for your care and, and your kindness. I really appreciate it. You're the best. Maybe. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>